Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. And a very good day to everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. This is show number eight. I'm Jeff. This is Joe. All right. Uh, Joe, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in sports and media this week. We're bro- we're recording this before Game 2, after Game 1 of the World Series. We give po- people a point of reference out there. I guess Joe Buck is still taking a lot of heat from Cubs fans, and I don't really get it. Do you? No. Like you've said, that uh, I, I, he's a very professional person. He does it right. I think it has something to do with the fact that some homers there are just not liking. I was really paying attention yeah. last night, and I heard some really fine things for everything. But yet... I have friends of mine who are anything from professors to yeah. high school kids. They hate them. Yeah, I don't get it. The other thing I thought was interesting about it is, you know, they, the Fox has also got a little bit of, I don't know if it's bad press, about the fact that they have Pete Rose and Alex Rodriguez on <laughs> the pregame. Yeah. And, you know, I watched it, and I listened a little bit last night, and Alex Rodriguez, what he says about baseball is fine. Uh, and Pete Rose has really been, you know, called a buffoon on there. And last night I thought he had some really interesting comments that I thought were correct about how the Cubs batters should react to some of the pitching. And uh, so I didn't think it was near as bad as uh, what people thought. But I think people associate with what they did off the field is immediately making them yep. automatically hate them on the on the air. Yeah, I mean, because let's face it, Pete Rose is one of the the smartest people in baseball when it comes to strategies and what have you. The guy came in with above average skills and turned himself into one of the greatest hitters of all time and players and he knows it. that's why he was a player manager at this time and i i i get why people don't like them though because yeah it makes uh, sense but he, he doesn't even he, he looks kind of like a buffoon <laughs> if you didn't watch him like you and i did growing up you wouldn't realize you know his credentials uh, but yeah, he, he brings in some great insights. I mean, he he keeps baseball simple, and that's what I like about it. And I think the Cubs need to make some simple adjustments to hit the ball. And here's the all-time leading hits leader telling them what to do. So you, somebody has to pay attention. Yeah, you get 4,000 hits in majors. <laughs> I think I'll listen. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's interesting, too, talking about Joe Buck is, you know, there's a petition out to try <laughs> to get him off. Did you yeah. see that ridiculous yeah. petition? Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. He actually commented on it and made fun of it, too, oh, and had jokes with going, hey, I'd be glad to have Bob Euchre on with me. Yeah, you know, it would be wonderful. And that's what Joe Buck should do. Fun stuff like that. I think he's doing fine. I think it just Cub fans are very on edge, and after losing Game One, they're even more on edge. So we'll see what happens. As... I think if they're up three zero, up eight nothing in the ninth inning, two outs, they're still. I, I watched. I watched the last game with a Cub fan. He's a young kid. He's about <laughs> twenty. And I kept saying, with three outs left, two outs, I said, say it right now. We won this damn thing. He goes, no, I can't. He couldn't even watch the screen. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. The NBA started last night. Uh, I didn't get to watch much of the of the media part of it, but I, it's another thing that we'll get to talk about now as we move forward, some of the NBA announcers and things like that. Uh, Fox's Game 1 overnight ratings were awesome. Uh, they were up from last the last two or three years in the World Series, so I'm sure Fox is happy about those World Series ratings, Joe. Yeah, and what was kind of interesting is that uh, – Game, that game uh, four from the last series, the uh, 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 National League. Uh, it's the championship league, game. League, thank you. Um, it beat the Bears-Packers. It had twice as many. I mean, I had always heard that Chicago is a Bears city. But 
the Bears Packers, the b- biggest rivalry yep. the, that the Bears have, and I realize they're not playing as well this year, but they got about a 12 and a half share, and the baseball game got over 24. Yeah, the Cubs have really caught the fascination of the American public. I mean, from the the all time fans to the casual fans uh, to the Cardinal fans to anything that people are really uh, have really. The Cubs are ratings, and, the, and I'm sure Fox is praying that this goes six or seven so they can get the most bang for their bucks. So I, I get it. And again, you look, you read anywhere, the you know, NFL ratings are down, um, and they're you know they're taking heat for bad games in primetime. No better exception than this week's Thursday night game, the Jaguars and Titans. Oh, I've had that on my calendar for months. Oh, yeah. I've got, um, you talk one about, of the most fascinating matchups in the NFL, don't you think? Oh, my Lord. I just... I, I understand that every team has to appear in prime time, but that's something that might be a rule that they need to reconsider. Can't the NFL on Thursday night? Can't they take a bye week now instead of broadcasting the game? I mean, I don't. I don't I, <laughs> that's a horrible. It would game. be easy. There's just nobody cares about the Jaguars. Titans. Even in Jacksonville, they're having lived down there. They're kind of lukewarm. I mean, the close you are to the city, but and if you're in to, Orlando, who cares? And we're recording this again on Wednesday of Game Two of the World Series, and if it rains that game two out tonight. Means it would go that the World Series would go tomorrow night, and then nobody then would watch Jags Titans. Yeah. So uh, Sunday night football, the ratings got absolutely uh, quote unquote eaten alive by The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead was the number one show, and here's uh, on cable over everything. Sunday. Maybe night. The Walking Dead should be the new Thursday night uh, scene Some, with the, yeah. with the terrible teams they've had. Oh there. Lord! Did you what? What did you watch? I watched The Walking Dead. I'm an, I'm a Walking Dead addict, and I know this is a sports and media show, so I don't want to get into it. But I was I just I don't like it when TV shows reset themselves to go to a different direction after they've acquired a fan base. Because I really, if if it stays the way it's going to be, I'm walking away from The Walking Dead because I don't like the direction. You didn't like that. Um that certain character had been killed. And, it doesn't uh, bother me that the characters got killed. That has happened to the entire Walking Dead thing. Is that the people that love The Walking Dead, love the family atmosphere of Rick and his gang and and, and what they're doing. Now that they're going to bring in this other guy to be the lead for this entire system, for this entire series, which is the rumor on the street, this Negan character, it really is going to take away from what I think, the what they've built, and I think it's going to hurt the franchise. Yeah, and uh, I didn't realize you were such a Walking Dead fan. We should probably do a podcast on that. I love The Walking Dead. Anyway, well, it's, our, it's sports and media It show. is sports and media. <laughs> well, I mean, Negan is a really... I, he must really I bet if you're an actor you must really love being a really good villain like uh, you remember from the um, the first Die Hard movie yeah. the character who played uh, um, the, the villain in there was was tremendous yes you're of course right. then later on he, he became a Harry Potter character as well but Negan I'll tell you what as much as I loathed him and as angry as I was seeing Glenn's eye um, <laughs> sort of punctured out from getting a bat to the back of his head I, I thought he did a really good job as as a villain. I thought he was a good villain. I didn't know if I really liked the way he portrayed it because it seemed like he was going in and out of two or three different characters. I don't know if it's because he's psychotic or whatever. Clearly, but, so it's. A, I'll tell you what. I I am with you on that, and that I don't. I it was such a jolt. I wish they had hit me with some of this at the end of last season because fans really 
balked at this and were really yeah. angry. And they heard from them that fans like you and I, you shouldn't have waited till the. This isn't. We shouldn't yeah. have to wait six months to figure this out. And but um, I'll, be, I'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah, the next couple of weeks, we'll see if the ratings stay at the 17 million plus, which AMC's got to be just tickled to death about. Oh that's my god, unbelievable! Yeah. Um, and we'll see if they stay. They even had a 90 minute Talking Dead afterwards. Yeah, I didn't people. watch it as much this time. Uh, I usually do, but I didn't like the uh, being outside. I like the and it at, rained all over yeah. them the whole time. It I was, like the intimate atmosphere they've had in the past. On the, I do on the too. Time. I really like the Chris guy that runs that. I think is it Chris. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He has a, he does the after midnight show on um, Comedy Central. Too. There you go. Um, the other thing that happened in sports this week, and I know this is probably somebody you know more about, that Richard Sandemir from the New York Times. Oh, I love I read him regularly. Move from sports to obits, and that's supposed to be a promotion at the New York Times? Well, Tell me about that. I don't think it's a promotion. I started wondering what was happening this past week when I realized I couldn't find any of his sports in the media ones. Okay. Because there's two people out there. was actually three. There's, there's two main ones nationally that yeah. do a job with it. Richard Sandemer, who is tremendous. Uh, and then Richard Dyche at yeah, Sports Illustrated. I like him. Those two have been the people. Um, there's also uh, uh, somebody up in the Chicago area that has started a former Chicago Tribune writer who who started a, a website with that as well. But those two guys tend to be the two biggest ones. Obits are they write these before the I don't know if you realize yeah. that they write them before. way ahead of time, and it's beautiful writing sometimes on people dying, but. I don't see where the heck that's. Uh, I, well, the, yeah, the story I read that it's the New York Times was portraying it as a as a uh, a promotion for him to to be the obit writer because they take such serious take take these matters so serious. And I'm like, I get that. It's usually a bit of record, yeah, yeah. But but I don't. I mean, he's an excellent writer. He could certainly do it. Yeah. Um, so interesting, uh, to say the least. Things that are on your mind this week in the sports media world. Well, a couple of things. Going back to the uh, the ratings the, on Game Four of last week with the Bears, the Bears Packers um, in L.A., they clearly were not as excited for it because their ratings were about a third um, to a half of what it was in Chicago. I mean, I, I don't know why yeah. people in L.A. I guess it's they've been in the series, but really the Dodgers are a team now that haven't won a World Series now for what twenty eight years yeah, since eighty eight. Twenty eight years there, so. Um, and, and last week you mentioned something about PTI, about having them re-up. I saw about a week or two ago Rachel Nichols filled in. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, her. Yeah, I love Rachel Nichols. She's she was tremendous. So I started doing some research the way she was talking in there, and I didn't realize she was an intern there when Kornheiser and Wilbon were in the office doing those discussions. Oh, really? And she said she learned so much and how kind they were to him. But, <laughs> you know, talking about female sportscasters, I thought, I think she's one of the best out there. And I think she works so seamlessly. She was with Wilbon one night when I saw it, and I think she's tremendous. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, she's definitely one of the best. I mean, I think she just fits in whatever show they need her to do, she can do. She reminds me a little bit of the John Saunders, you know, whatever, what, John, whatever you need to do, and he did it. And Rachel Nichols can be serious, she can be funny, she can anchor, she can report. Uh, she's definitely one of the most talented female sportscasters out there we have today. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see more of her. Yep. I mean, not that there's not other talented people, but she would. Yeah, she's good. she would be great. And she's got the years of experience now, where I think she really does have. You know, she can she can do whatever she needs to be done. So yeah, she's accomplished in print, and she's accomplished on TV. Now, ESPN did screw up this week. They said that there hasn't been a World Series in 71 years, <laughs> and the White Sox fans came unglued uh, because they, they forgot ESPN forgot that in 2005 the White Sox won the World Series. Who? Who was that? The, <laughs> there's two teams in Chicago? I did not know that. Uh, neither did ESPN, apparently, Joe, and so they took a lot of heat and razzing uh, for that as well. Well, it was kind of interesting. I, my uh, Facebook feed has been... Uh, blowing up with some of those things from people yeah. who were friends, our alum, who yeah. we have from the Tribune. 
But I thought what was interesting afterwards, I think it's Max Britos, who is the one who, who, who mentioned that in the graphic, and he, and he said that uh, this is his tweet, which has since been deleted. It was a Cubs-centric lead-in. If you listened, I mentioned that we did not include the White Sox because Cub fans would not be fans of them. And I'm thinking, holy cow, what is this, the elections where people are taking out facts? It's not inconvenient here, these candidates on both sides? It's a Cub-centric lead? Well, I, I thought in journalism you're led with the facts. Yeah, facts usually do matter. And, and that's the thing about social media and the fact that we have there's such brilliant people out there watching these things. The minute ESPN, Fox, TBS, any of them mess up, the fans are on it, and they see it, and it, they go for it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it, social. I don't, I don't. I think I would almost be afraid to be starting out today with social media because yep. we all make. When you're learning any profession, you're making mistakes. Exactly. And, and you know, it's understandable why they might make a mistake. Came out this morning, late last night. This Todd Jadlow, who used to play for the University of Indiana, wrote a book with. A, and I didn't uh, think. I can't think of the writer's I name. I actually know the writer. Okay. Well, great. Um, I work. Uh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I just said go. If you know the writer, then it's basically a, a really anti-Bobby Knight story. So talk about that. And I I haven't read the book yet. I'm actually it's it's coming out right now. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brew. Okay. Um, I work with him on a website called landof10.com. It's run by the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And uh, on Land of Ten, we cover all the Big Ten sports. Okay. And it's uh, they have an SEC country one and an NFL one. Well, Tom's a senior editor there. I work as a as an editor. I work about fifteen hours a week as as an editor, working with the writers and copy and what have okay. you. And Tom's the senior editor there, and. Um, this is his third book, and he's really excited about that. He's written a couple of other Indiana um, books about Indiana, particularly basketball, because he used to cover that as yeah. well. So he said that Todd really opened up a whole lot. So I just sent I just uh, sent him a check with an order to get a pre, uh, an early copy of it because <laughs> I want to read this. Yeah, there. And if you go, to, I believe it's on Deadspin has some of the stuff out today on what, some of the excerpts of the book, and it is uh, it's probably a good thing that Bobby Knight is retired and and and, and not wanting to coach anymore because if this is any of this is true then he's pretty much uh he would have been eliminated from coaching and i don't know if he's still working for espn or not i know they were gonna he was gonna take cut way back last year anyway but i got a feeling he's probably done now yeah probably i mean i'm not sure the excerpts and what they say yet but um some of them we can't even talk about on here i, I wouldn't oh, you mean with it. the cursing and the, and the mean cursing things he did, and things and he did. so yeah and there was uh, you know it, it sounds like this book is not an Indiana Hoosier centric book. It sounds like a book that really transcended, sort of like one of the John Feinstein yeah. books. So um, I wish nothing but best for uh, for Tom. There you go. That happened. Uh, I'm trying to think what other happened. Uh... How, how about the. Uh... I'm fascinated by the streaming of games on social media, on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, it's not. It, it's, at one point, they get anywhere from two to three or four hundred thousand people on the games. Like the Giants played yeah, the, Rams, uh, the yeah. Rams this past week, and and it looks like the people in charge and the NFL, what have you, are are not caring about that because they're thinking we would never get that audience anyway. That's an extra two or three hundred thousand. What, what do you think? I, I, I first of all, I don't understand why people would want to watch the game on on Twitter and Facebook. It, to me, that does it's not that interesting to me to watch it that way but i know that the younger people that's how they they love it and so i guess it's probably going to be something that's not going away to me it's completely uninteresting and and i don't get it but people are doing it and i did at one time the one of the twitter games i did log on but i had my tv on at the same time and of course the tv is about 12 13 seconds ahead of what twitter had and so it was you know it was kind of awkward watching it but i don't know what the fascination is, but it's something that I think the, and that everybody's going to go to. I don't know if that's a good way to say it. Uh, I, I think, I wonder if 
like everything else in media, it's going to become fragmented. It used to be you get the rights for the game, and it's like, okay, you've got the rights on cable television. You have the rights yeah. on social media. You have the, I wonder if they're going to be selling all of those rights. I, you're probably exactly right on that. I never thought about that. That's half. If they can make money off of it, that's how they'll do it, and, and it'll eventually be that way. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a whole other world out there. The way that people are going to get their television and get their view, viewing, uh, you know, anything they want to view with the, you know all the things out there: Netflix, Hulu, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Yahoo Live, all of it right. now. So it'll be interesting to see. And I saw where you know DirecTV and AT and T now merged again and with something else. Right, so right. And I saw some people are actually calling that close to being a monopoly. So it'll be interesting. Lots of changes in the TV world over the next couple of years, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, as soon as something gets larger, I think, though, that some comes undercuts it yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and, and makes it uh, not as worthy as it was. But, yeah, the younger I, – I th- oh, yeah, about 327,000 people watched it at its peak, I think, this past week for it. So a lot of younger kids don't get any cable. They don't, be- they don't believe in it. They yeah. just don't – they think it's absurd. I was even reading something about the, the – um, the Guardian in London recently did a, p- a poll about whether they thought the BBC and Sky Sports were people actually buying the package for English Premier League soccer. And you're finding this one guy said, oh, my 79-year-old dad streams, you know. So <laughs> I thought, wow, okay. It's Everybody, not just an American it's thing. It's the world we live in now. It's un- You know, people want to walk with their TV or have their TV, you know, connected sure. to their hand instead of, the, instead of a big TV in the room. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's their right, I guess, the, the way they can do it. I still prefer to watch a TV and sit back and not have to be – I don't have to carry my device, you know. I just, right. I guess if I'm watching my daughters play soccer somewhere, we kind of – It's nice I could to check that, in. But shouldn't I be watching my daughter's soccer yeah. game at yeah, the same time? If you're at an air hotel airport or, I mean, a hotel you know waiting area waiting for your flight, there's 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 ways to use it. I just don't think it needs to be done 24-7. I think we're getting away from communication in this world because everything right. is – people talking electronically instead of talking to each other and enjoying, you know, a beverage or two and watching a ball game or a sporting event or whatever it is. So it is what it is, right? What do we do? I don't think we're going to change. Other things in your your mind this week? Just one other one. I'm I'm interested in the coverage of Josh Brown, the kicker for the Giants who had um, allegedly, or at least that's what the reports are saying, um, had abused his wife. I believe some journals came out. That yeah. I'm wondering how they got out because those are private, and I think it was one of his uh, his psychiatrists. I or saw something. how that came out. Is that, and this was one of the ones on one of the uh, in ESPN that because they filed for divorce. Oh, those, that does, oh, those, that's right. It becomes public. Record. Becomes public record, and some of it was locked in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. They can seal some of those things for public records, but you're right. That's one of the best journalism tricks. Is go look at the uh, <laughs> any any sort of proceedings and they usually tuck a lot of that good stuff in there and like the guy said the NFL had access to that chose not to go that direction while this reporter did and you know did her I don't know if it was his or her I apologize not knowing the name but right. did the job and then you know Josh Brown was since suspended for one game now he's on the NFL's commissioner's list in the meantime now the Giants have cut him and so I'm assuming that probably his career is going to be over yeah it, it, it sounds like it but the coverage has been rather muted still i think i mean it's been out there but it's not and i realized it's not I, a video of him slamming someone in an elevator like ray rice did but can i give my opinion on this yes absolutely i think it. and this is where the nfl is a little bit in trouble right now the nfl smart in one instance every media covers the nfl when you think about it espn nbc cbs sure, fox abc all of them make money off the nfl they're real careful about how they go after the NFL because it is some it's money for them too. Oh yeah, it is. And so the NFL 
has kind of got the media quote unquote in their back pocket. So it's tougher for people in the in those media industries to rail on the NFL. But the NFL really looks bad to some media here because it looks like they didn't do their job when this reporter out of nowhere found this out. Yeah, and I think that the uh, if, if if I recollect. There was a first po- there was a policy where first offense you get a minimum number. Yeah, it was a minimum of six one, games. Yeah, and he had one. And they and something happened at the Pro Bowl that the NFL knew about, and and so there's really one and a half if you count that as an incident. So it's it's really weird how Roger Goodell just keeps keeps to taking. How does he keep his job? I don't know how he keeps his job. It's misstep after misstep after misstep. But here's what happened. Now that the ratings are down and the owners are going to start seeing less money, right. we will see what happens to Mr. Roger Goodell in the next few weeks. And the fact that, you know, somebody said, and again, Colin Kaepernick has every right to protest. We have not, we've, I think we've established that on this show oh, sure. and across the country. Whether you like it or not, he has the right. But for the NFL then to take tell this one player last week he couldn't wear 9-11-themed shoes on the field or he was going to be t- not allowed to play – I mean, you can't let Kaepernick sit down and protest right. and then tell this other kid that, oh, no, you can't play with those shoes. That is where the NFL looks so dumb. And there is a little bit of a, you know, there's a, a, a chink in the armor, I think, is the statement that we used to say in, in, the, in the allure of the NFL right now. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the penalties for any of the infractions, I was looking at those the other day. If you do a major, you know, if you're hitting somebody really hard and, you know, illegally and, and hit, leading with your head and things like that, those are like $30,000. But if you wear shoes like you're talking about, you can get suspended and fined. Yeah. On the other hand, another thing that's absurd is Odell Beckham, all he does is take off his helmet and starts, you know, yeah. jawing with the crowd just like in a yeah. fun manner. He gets he gets a fine that's. That's uh, that's about thirty thousand, $24,000, $24, I think it was. And then Jarvis Landry hits somebody so hard, knocks him out. Landry actually ha- has the guts to go after the game and apologize for his actions on the field, which to me, if you apologize, that means you were wrong, right? Oh, absolutely. And the NFL says, oh, we can't find anything wrong with the hit. We're not going to fine you. Right. I just, I, I want, I would love to be in their offices and, 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 and see what they think. They need a PR guy that, that is not afraid to talk to, you know, the, I, I, there's a couple of NFL players on their their names escape me right now. They both played for the Eagles and Roger Goodell and say, "Listen, we got to get some things right." I, I think that management style has not kept up with social media and the world we live in. Yeah. You know, they're like, even stopping some of the social media from happening during the games. You see that? Where where was that? The NFL like during the game, like the NFL teams are not allowed to like you know show video until the game's over and things. Just stupid stuff. Why? I mean, anytime you get more eyeballs or ears on something, that's a good thing. They're just they're so controlling, and it's really hurting them right now. But the management. I mean, today, as you and I know, there's social media, there's TV, there's radio, there's all these other things. But I think the NFL thinks it's back in 1982 where they can control the message. And organizations can't control any messages anymore, including the NFL. And Jamel Hill this morning on Mike and Mike had a really good line where she said, you know, the NBA players like LeBron James, Chris Paul, and, you know, uh, Carmelo Anthony and all the the stars are empowered and they actually feel like the league is working with them. The NBA. Yeah, the NBA is working with them. Completely different, yes. Yeah, whereas the NFL, if you say anything, you're – it's you're you're black marked in there, or you know, and and so it's really a difference between the NBA and the NFL. And the NBA, I think, right now has a chance to really step up in its, you know, 
trying to overtake the NFL as the number one sport if, if it can. Yeah, the, the NBA is a players' league. They realize the players is what draws them in, and the NFL is a management or coaches' league, and um, no one really cares about the management. Yeah. They just want they care more about the players on the field. Exactly. There you go. Well, Joe, yeah. we're out of time, and I didn't know why if we'd have enough, but we did great. Yeah, we did. We had the, There's always a lot going on in sports and the media. Every week, something new. We'll be back next week with the Sports and Media Show. Everybody have a great day. We hope you enjoyed the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.